Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam episode 113, Stephen the Sixth. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Hey everyone, before today's episode, I want to just make a little personal note. The popes from here on out, they've already kind of started to become a little scandalous. But from this period on, uh, for the next 100, 150 years or so, we get what is called in church history by the church historian Baronius, the Saeculum Obscurum, or the Dark Age. That's where the term Dark Ages, you might have heard, comes from. It was referring specifically to this particular time in the papacy in which political power and corruption were rampant, that people were putting different people on the papal throne in order to achieve things, and factionalism was horrible. And so these popes, as we tell the story, it's our history, but we need to tell the good and the bad, but it's going to be a little difficult to listen to. Now, I can say this, having researched through a lot of these popes, I was surprised by two things. One, the bad really was bad. And it was way worse than any other time in the history of the church. But also that in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit was still working and guiding the church. We really tried to mess up this this whole church thing. But what ended up happening was uh, the Holy Spirit, even in the darkest times, was already planting the seeds for renewal and reform. And that there were holy men and women who were working to reform the church throughout what seemed to be totally awful periods of time in which the Pope himself was totally and utterly corrupt and evil even at times. And so I want to just warn you in advance that some of these are going to be dealing with more difficult subjects with deception and lies and murder and infidelity. But also I'm going to try and make sure I point out those sparks of light in the midst of the saculum obscurum so that way we can see how true the work of the Holy Spirit is in the church. Now, with that out of the way, let's move on to our Pope for today. Stephen VI was a Roman. He was the son of a priest named John. And the first we hear of him is that he was ordained the Bishop of Agnani by Pope Formosus, where he served for five years before he himself was elected Pope. Now, at the death of Pope Boniface, the Germans were still nominally in charge of Rome, but basically unable to exercise any real power. Stephen VI seems to have fallen more in the camp of the Dukes of Spoleto, and their influence and popularity seems to have enabled his election in 896. I say seems to a lot here because we really have very little documentary evidence about a lot of this time period. If you remember, the Liber Pontificalis has basically run out. All it lists now are the regnal dates of each pope. It doesn't really give us much of the story. And we have various chroniclers at the time, some of whom are very, very polemical. The one we turn to for this papacy uh, Liptutran of Cremona, he really, really hates the D- Duchy of Spoleto. And um, there's a lot of uh, difficult things in his works. But that's all we have to go on for, the, for now. Now, it would be helpful for us to refresh what's going on as to the context of this pontificate. If you remember, the Dukes of Spoleto, most of whom were named Guy or Lambert, had larger ambitions than just being the head of a small duchy in Italy. They menaced Rome, and one of them, Guy IV, forced Pope Stephen V to crown him Holy Roman Emperor when Charles the Fat was deposed. 
He then forced Pope Formosus to crown his son, Lambert, as co-emperor. But Formosus was more in the Carolingian camp rather than in the Spoletan camp. And he turned to the last real Carolingian with any power, that's Arnulf of Germany, and asked him to come down and help him out. Now, eventually, Arnulf was crowned by Formosus as Holy Roman Emperor, but his power weakened dramatically and Spoleto was again on the rise as he left. So now we come to Stephen VI. He's elected Pope, we believe, in June of 896. And shortly after that, we see the last pullout of the Germans from Rome with the return of the Spoletans. Now, whether influenced by Lambert and the Spoletans, as some scholars suggest, or perhaps on his own initiative, which could very well be the case, Stephen VI moved very quickly against Formosus, his faction, and his legacy. In January of 897, he called a synod in Rome against Pope Formosus. He had Formosus' body removed from its tomb in St. Peter's, clothed it in the papal vestments, and sat it in a chair in the synod hall. We aren't sure if it was in the Lateran or St. Peter's. Then, several bishops accused the body of Formosus. Now, the body had been in the grave for a couple years. It was decaying, but was covered in the papal robes. They accused his body of crimes, the most notable being that he had transferred dioceses from Porto to Rome, and that that was forbidden by canon law, and that he had broken an oath he had taken to never return to Rome. Now, the chronicler, who I mentioned before, Liputrand of Cremona, describes the event as follows. Thereupon, the fellow who was an impious wretch and ignorant of sacred doctrine issued orders that the body of Formosus should be exhumed and the corpse dressed in priestly raiments should be set upon Peter's chair, while he proceeded to taunt it thus. Seeing that you were Bishop of Porto, why were you so inflated with ambition as to claim the worldwide sea of Rome? This synod has come down to us in history as the Cadaver Synod, and it was horrible. Now, these charges were, of course, ridiculous, like the whole gruesome spectacle. Marianus I had been a bishop before being named Pope. Several times this had started to happen. And Stephen VI himself had been a bishop beforehand. But that didn't stop things. Stephen VI condemned Formosus, declared all his ordinations invalid, which included his own ordination as Bishop of Agnani. And then things got even worse. He had the corpse of Formosus stripped of its papal garments, and then he had his three fingers on his right hand, which were used in blessing as a bishop, cut off. Then the corpse was buried in a cemetery outside the city for paupers and strangers. But then some of Stephen's lackeys dug Formosus up again and one night threw his body into the Tiber, where it was found by a local monk who kept it at St. Paul's outside the walls. We aren't sure, as I mentioned before, the reasoning behind this horrible episode in church history. It marks the start of what will become, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, a pattern of petty squabbling between local factions for power over Rome, in which the popes are not interested so much in holiness, but rather in success for their people and the defeat of their rivals. It was scandalous, it was brutal, it was terrible, it was truly one of the lowest points in the history of the church. Stephen seems to have used the cadaver synod to remove any clergy member who opposed him, since most of them were ordained by Formosus, and to put his own faction in place, and to justify his own election as pope, since he had been a bishop before being elected. But because that ordination was invalid, because it was done by Formosus, therefore he could be uh, elected the pope. But really, the scandal was just too much, and the people of Rome felt the same way. In June or July of 897, they revolted against Stephen VI. They deposed him, and he was forced into a monastery to live a life of penance. 
but someone strangled him in August of 897. His body was eventually brought back to St. Peter's Basilica, but for now, like Formosus, he didn't have a traditional papal tomb. And one other thing of note for Stephen's pontificate, which gives fitting symbolism to this terrible moment in the history of the church, the great basilica of St. John Lateran, the Pope's cathedral and the symbol of the church herself, collapsed due to an earthquake during his pontificate. And now the main nave of the church lay in utter ruin, waiting for someone to rebuild it. Stephen VI was succeeded by Pope Romanus, and we will hear about him next week. Thanks for listening to Habemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbites.com. There you can find all our other episodes. You can go back and listen to all the history of the popes, or you can listen to all our other topics, or you can find us on iTunes. Thank you, and God bless you.